Welcome to episode 106. Wow. This is Champlain. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined as always by Akash, fresh off a trip to the desert, Akash. How was your trip to Scottsdale? And did you realize the brutal heat that I go through daily? Scottsdale is is dope, man. I actually think it's it's cool because it's got like a newer vibe. And then I love playing golf, so it's got a ton of golf courses. I was there visiting some family. It's it was blazing hot, no doubt. It's hard to go out in the middle of the day. I know you run like your uh, like high school practices like early in the morning, and I know why. Just because it is like you just can't step out in the middle of the day. But I came back to the Bay Area this week, and it's also like 110 degrees here. They're dealing with some heat wave. And I think the Niners are practicing at like 1.30 on, on Wednesday. So I don't know why they're practicing in the middle of the afternoon because it's supposed to be like stupid hot. But Scottsdale's dope, man. I, I, I know you enjoy it out there. Yeah, I do. I really do enjoy it. I wonder how much of the afternoon practice for the 49ers has to do with what they're going to potentially deal with in Chicago. But then again, like the current forecast uh, for Sunday, like calls for rain in Chicago. Like it's going to be. Um, I believe mid 70s. I thought it was in the 60s, 70s. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Okay. We are today, we're going to talk about some season long predictions and we're going to talk about what we expect to happen as far as week one in Chicago. So let's just get right into it. And for those of you who've been away for Labor Day, we, we've had already you know, a couple of reporters, uh, national reporters, predict that Trey Lance is going to get benched. And that's funny to me that. And Akash, you tweeted about this, and I'm sure everybody knows this, where why are we pretending that everything is going to be different now that there is a new quarterback under center? And what I mean by that is over the years when Jimmy's under center, it's not like he's throwing for 450 yards every game. And that's the reason the 49ers are winning. And like, I feel like when you do this, when writers are doing this specifically, they are going out of their way to essentially say, hey, Jimmy was the reason. And when we come back and critique it, it comes off like we're poo-pooing whatever Jimmy did. And, and that's not the case. There, there is a fine line. But for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like they're grasping that. And that's probably the most frustrating part. Absolutely. And I, and I said this yesterday. So in 2019, which I feel like is a good sort of blueprint for this season, in the first eight weeks or the first seven games of that season, Jimmy Garoppolo had nine touchdowns and seven picks. Yet the Niners were undefeated. They were 7-0. And if you go back and look at his box scores, there was no game that was like statistically he was throwing for like 350 yards and like three touchdowns, four touchdowns early in that season. He had moments late in that season, the two games against Arizona, the game against uh, New Orleans, the second game against Los Angeles, where he made plays that you can directly go back and say, okay, he was a driving factor for why they won. But Early in the season, it was a lot of run game. It was a lot of defense. And Jimmy Garoppolo just kind of, you know, getting his feet wet. And so why do we think it's going to be any different for Trey Lance this year, right? He could struggle. He could be up and down. I have no idea what he's going to look like. But the 49ers could look up after six weeks and be like four and two, just given their schedule. And so I think that's why people shouldn't assume he's going to get benched, just because I think the team is just so talented and they've got continuity on the coaching staff that, you're going to look up five, six, seven weeks into the season, and they're going to be above 500. I don't think this team is going to be like three and five like they were last year, A, given the team that they have, and B, just given their schedule out the gates. Could not agree more, I think. And even if he does struggle like week three or week four, I don't think it'll be both. 
but that's just one game in a very long season. And I, I think to me, it comes back to a lot of just the national media failing to contextualize what the, who the 49ers are, how they won games. So when you ask them about Trey Lance, what, what can they tell you other than completion percentage? And he struggled against in the games that he played last year. I think it's hard for people to tell you exactly like what he brings to the table for the 49ers. So in my opinion, their, their boot game, like their play action stuff, getting the quarterback out of the pocket is already immensely better uh, because he has the mobility to pull that off. And with that, there's going to be more extended plays, which in turn create more explosive plays. I also think that by him just attempting throws outside of the numbers. And again, he attempted just as many throws outside of the numbers in two games than Jimmy Garoppolo did all season. That is going to open up the space for everybody else. Yes, it helps that they have a burner in Danny Gray, but I think just the ability, the willingness to throw the ball outside of the numbers is going to make their run game, which struggled last year when it wasn't just Debo do this, and as well as their passing game, um, when they're not running, you know, backside slants. And again, that was a lot of just Debo doing that as well. So I think as an offense overall, when we get caught up in, you know, these specific stats, whether it's EPA, whether it's DVOA, it might not look the same as far as efficiency goes, but there's no doubt they're going to move the ball. And I think that they're going to be humming even more so than they were uh, last year. So my, if we're doing season-long predictions, my season-long prediction is, and maybe this is bold, maybe this is a hot take, I think the offense will be better than they were last year. And that is going to be the reason that they make the playoffs. I also think that they are going to win the NFC West, which probably comes off as a little bit of a hot take. But Matthew Stafford, man, that arm, if, if he is hurting right now, I don't think that it's going to magically get better as the season goes along. And I think that for whatever reason, people are ignoring a lot of the depth issues that the Rams have. But at the same time, it – it's not just about the Rams that why I feel like the 49ers are going to win. I, I do think Lance is going to be uh, that important. And I just think their defense is going to be lights out, man. Like the 49ers aren't going to have to score 24 points to win these games. Like I would be surprised during the first half, especially if we saw teams score, you know, like more than two times a game against them. Like they are that's that side of the ball, especially the defensive line, especially being able to roll out seemingly 10 guys, fresh bodies, capable bodies, bodies who would probably start on most other teams as backup says a lot. So uh, th those are my two hot takes-ish out of the gate. You wrote an article about that. What are some some takes that you have brewing for us? Absolutely. I, I completely agree with uh, your takes. Uh, one of those I, I wrote about, which is I think the 49ers are going to win the NFC West. And it's a little bit about the Rams, a little bit about the Niners. Obviously, the Rams that play a first-place schedule of the season are coming off of the Super Bowl win, which means, you know, they are the quote-unquote hunted, right? Every team is going to have the Rams circled on their schedule, whether that's home, away, whatever the case is. And on top of that, you know, similar to the Niners, they also play the AFC West, which is going to be four extremely competitive games. And I just think with Matthew Stafford's elbow and, you know, they're so – this is a top heavy roster. I think a couple injuries here or there. And next thing you know, they're, you know, closer to 10 and seven than they are to like 13 and four. And that could be the division. That could be the difference between winning the division and making a wild card in, in this, in the NFC West. And the other thing is the Niners went what two and four in the division last year. If they just go three and three, four and two and take care of, you know, Seattle, who we think is, isn't going to be good. I think, 
you know, that's just the difference in between. That's just the difference between winning the division and, and being a wild card team. So I, I do agree with you there. Some of the other ones, I think we've talked about this. I think Nick Bosa is going to win defensive player of the year. I mean, I think he's got a shot to, you know, uh, hit 20 sacks this year. I think there's so much depth on that defensive line. Like you hit, hit on, I just think he's going to be phenomenal. And I feel like it's one of those awards where you got to have some momentum building. And, you know, it's an award that I think Miles Garrett's won, TJ Watts won. It's primarily been edge rushers. And I think it's Nick Bosa's turn this year, a year off the ACL surgery. I think he's going to be fantastic. A couple of the other ones, I don't think Trey Lance is going to get benched for Jimmy Garoppolo just for some of the reasons we hit. I think the Niners are just going to be good enough where I don't think their season's going to fall apart. So unless Trey Lance gets hurt, I think he's going to be the starter for 17 games. And then the other ones, I think the defense is actually going to rack up over 15 interceptions. I mean, they had nine last year. I think they've gotten more talented in the secondary. You think that's a number they can hit or is that just a lot? That's for sure your most hottest take, just considering what they've done in recent years or under Shanahan. It seems like even when they do get their opportunities, the ball hits them in the hands. And when I say that, I'm not thinking about like the Tart Rams game. I'm thinking about uh, Jimmy Ward against the Saints, uh, like those type of plays where it's third down. They have a chance to like flip the field. And if anything, uh, the linebackers are the ones taking advantage of the interception. So that would be like if they're getting 15 interceptions or even if they get, you know, double digits or whatever. Um, they are going to be very, very tough to beat. Uh, I, I think – go ahead. I was just going to say, I think Sam Womack, he's a guy – had a couple of interceptions in the preseason. I think he led – or he was top five in all of college football and PBUs uh, during his time in Toledo. And so I just think he's going to rack up a couple of interceptions. You bring in Charverius Ward, who, again, same thing, adds a couple there, and the next thing you know, nine becomes 15. It's kind of how I went about that. No, that's fair. And I, I like the the line of thinking. So I'm excited to see what Samuel Womack brings to the table. I want to know if he's the real deal. And again, like he's not going to be able to go against, you know, third stringers anymore. Now he's going to be going up sometimes against the team's best option because he will be in the slot. I want to see how he plays the run because that's where K1 Williams was lights out. And if he can get his hands on passes, which he's done all of his life. Uh, yeah. We're, we're looking at a top three defense. Uh, no doubt. The Bosa thing. I think because they're going to be on TV so much, that's going to play a, a big part in Nick Bosa being the defensive player. Of the year. I do agree that uh, I predicted on our SB Nation show last week that he would be the defensive player of the year. And because of, you know, the primetime games there, I assume that they're going to have a lead in a lot of these. So Bosa will have a chance, you know, kind of pin his ears back. And with the addition of like Armstead playing full time inside, as well as Kinlaw being able to push the pocket, there's going to be nowhere for the quarterback to go. So with that in mind, uh, Bosa's in for a good one, man. It, he's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I know people know that he's good, but I don't think people appreciate just how dominant of a player he is. And again, uh, with the 49ers being in the limelight, he has a chance to do something very special this season. One player that you are most excited to see this year. For me, like it's probably Samuel Womack, but I want to see what Drake Jackson ends up being. Um, I want to see – so, obviously, they invested highly in him. He's a second-round pick, and he's going to play. There's no doubt about it. He's not going to start out of the gate. You know, you have Nick Bosa. You have Samson Ebicom. And Ebicom is a fine player as well. But I think as we as the season goes along, I mean, you saw Jackson's athleticism flash. Like he's doing flips off of uh, – just hurtling over guys. He's doing things that most 270-pound men in this, on this planet are not capable of doing. So, with that in mind, with the space that they're going to be able to create, I think – you know, notice if you guys remember 
the, the success that Arden Key had inside last year. Like there, there is a, a lane for him to come in right away, even as he's still learning the ropes, you know, getting better against the run, just come in and win with his athleticism. So uh, I'm kind of fascinated to see how, how D'Amico Ryans uses Drake Jackson and then how quickly he gets up to speed. Because if he does, um, that top three is going to change into a one really quick. The crazy part when you talk about Drake Jackson or Nick Bosa is <laughs> the fact that you didn't even bring up Samson Ebukam, who was the starter opposite of Nick Bosa yes. last year, who was fantastic to finish the season, who looked really good in his in his only preseason showing against Houston. And then you've got Charles Amena, who who's just a freak for his size, who I think can also put up some numbers there. And then you got Kamoko Ture on the practice squad. They're just so damn deep along that defensive line. They're just going to throw people at you in waves, but uh, players I'm most excited to see, honestly, Javon Kinlaw. I mean, just, I think given his size, his, what he brings to the defensive line in terms of his athleticism, if he can just stay healthy, I'm just excited to see what he brings good and bad. Uh, I think he's going to come up with some highlight worthy plays that we'll look back on it, look back on and be like, damn. And then on the flip side, I think it's Brandon Ayuk. I think he's going to lead this team in catches and receiving yards this season. I think he's locked in. I saw he posted something on Instagram the other day. He's he seems he seems hyped. He's locked in. You know, all the players were talking about him as the best player on the team in training camp preseason. And so I just think he's going to come in focused, ready to go. He's got that chemistry with Trey Lance already, and I think this offense is going to be designed for him to succeed this season. And that doesn't mean I think Debo takes a step back. I think they're just going to use him a little differently. But I think when it's all said and done, we're going to be wowed with what Brandon Ayuk brings to the table. I think the 49ers drafted Ayuk at the time. That was before Debo broke out, envisioning that he is the wide receiver one. And I, I think that was always part of the plan. And it, it hadn't worked out like that for the first couple of seasons. But I think this is the year that he surpasses 1,000 yards for sure. I, I do agree with you. Watching him in training camp and just talking about how people don't really appreciate Bosa, I, I think Ayuk is right there, man. He, like some of the catches that he's able to make, and he's not like a, a big, big guy. He's about six feet, but with his wingspan, man, the the balls that he's able to get to with his hands, um, just his athleticism obviously goes without saying. Everybody remembers, you know, him jumping over people in the Eagles game like uh, a couple of years back. But I think that. He's going to finally be the 49ers wide receiver who can win one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. And I don't really think they've had that guy. So, yeah, very, very excited to see how he's used. I know, you know, you just talked about all the players hyping him up over the, over the summer in training camp and during the preseason. But, um, Brandon, you talked about spending time with Trey Lance, and I think that relationship is going to carry over into the season. He's really freaking good, man. And I think it's about time that people – Get, you know, get a chance to see that. And I think that's what uh, 2022 is going to be like. So, okay. So if, if we agree that he is going to lead the team in receiving, who leads the team in rushing? The obvious answer is Elijah Mitchell. You are assuming that he stays healthy the entire season. So he was, I was looking this up the other day, just looking at um, the rushing leaders in 2021. Elijah Mitchell was up there. I believe he was like seventh, uh, eighth. He was definitely in the top 10. I didn't know that. And um, that goes to show you, like, when there is a healthy running back in Kyle Shanahan's system, like, they are going to be near the top. But I'm not so sure that he is going to be the leading rusher. What do you, what do you think? I agree with you. And I think he had, like, 960 yards or something like that. He was just shy of 1,000. And I think 
he was second among all rookie running backs. I think Najee Harris had like 1,200 in that in that ballpark. Um, it, I agree with you. I actually think it's going to be Ty Davis Price when it's all yeah. said and done at the end of the season. I think that's going to be the guy that they lean on. And primarily just, you know, I think Elijah Mitchell is going to be that quote-unquote starting running back out, you know, out of the gates. But I think, you know, he's had a good amount of injuries just last season. He's coming into the season with a hamstring injury. And I think as the season goes on, Tidy of his price is just going to insert himself more and more into this offense and just his physical rushing style, his ability to stay on the field. I think he's going to end up with the highest volume of touches in this offense, which invariably means that he's going to lead the team in rushing yards. Yeah, it's for sure all about touches. Like if he's going to be on the field, if he's going to be healthy and they invested in him too, like that has to play a part as well. And, you know, we haven't really been on here since Trey Sermon was waived, but the second they they took TDP, it was probably a sign for uh, Trey Sermon who's on his way out. But back to back third round picks, I imagine they're going to give him all of the opportunities possible. I want I do want to see what Jordan Mason looks like in a regular season game because in practice he looked like one of the best running backs on the team. In the preseason, he looked like one of the best running backs on the team. I imagine once he's running behind the starters, that's not going to be too much different. So there are going to be injuries. There are, there are always injuries at the position. So everybody is going to get a chance. I do wonder if there will be sort of like a, that equal opportunity, whether it's between Mitchell, whether it's Mason, TDP, and, and Jeff Wilson, because he, he's a veteran. He has a, their trust as well. Okay. Uh, team leader in touchdowns. Uh, total touchdowns? So is that, total that's touchdowns. Yep. Rushing and receiving. I will go Brandon Ayuk, I think, will lead the team. I just think – I just think when I just think Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk have this sort of basketball ish relationship where you're in the red zone, you need to play. I think Trey is going to look Ayuk's way, similar to how Jimmy Garoppolo used to look to George Kittle whenever he needed to play. And I think ultimately that's going to result in Ayuk with, let's say, double digit touchdowns leading the team. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm with you there, and it's more so in and for for the reasons you said, but at the same time, I think when it comes to like rushing. Like TDP is going to have one, two, three. Uh, Jeff Wilson yeah. is going to vulture some. They're right. they're going to all split, so it'll be tough for them to rack up numbers. So I do think it'll be Ayuk, and I think I think Ayuk's going to have a couple long ones. And then once he does, I'm assuming he gets off to a fast start. And knowing that's the case, Kyle Shanahan, as most play callers do, once they get down to like the five yard line, he's going to throw screens to Ayuk, and he's going to have you know those little gimme touchdowns near the red zone, near the goal line. So uh, that'll help prop up some of Ayuk's numbers. Okay, the other side of the ball, we just talked about the team having a whopping 15 interceptions. Who leads the team in interceptions? Generally, it's been a linebacker who is also very good at what he does, but will that be the case again this year? I actually think it's going to be a linebacker, and I think it's going to be 54 Fred Warner that actually leads the team in interceptions, just because I think there's going to be a ton of deflections, which invariably means there's a linebacker always around the ball, and he catches those kind of 50-50 ones where, you know, the ball is just in the air and someone's underneath it. And I think there's enough plays now in the NFL where quarterbacks don't see that underneath linebacker, and Fred Warner generally has been the recipient of those plays. And so I just think – there's not an outside corner that I would pick either Mosley or Ward to be like, okay, this guy's like, you know, JC Jackson, Jalen Ramsey level. He's going to lead the team picks. And so I, I would lean that it's a linebacker and I'm going to say it's Fred Warner. And I think just similar to how you mentioned with the running backs and their rushing touchdowns, I think it's going to be like a collective effort where it's like Jimmy Ward has a couple, 
you know, Mooney Ward has like two or three, and then Amanda Mosley has one. Sam Womack has two, and Fred Warner has three. And then you look at the end of the season, and they've got like 15 plus as a unit. But I'll go with 54, the best linebacker on the planet. Last year, nobody had more than – or Jimmy Ward was the only one with multiple interceptions. That's not going to happen again, but that is really tough to do uh, when, like, considering how well they played on that side of the ball. That is just insane. And it also goes to show you uh, just how poor they were at cornerback last year, which is why I'm going Charverius Ward. I think the opportunity – so the defensive line we talked about, you mentioned the tip, the tip balls that's going to happen at the line of scrimmage. I imagine he's going to be more aggressive than he's ever been. He's going to get opportunities because there are going to be times where he's shadowing Allen Robinson. He's shadowing Cooper Cup. He's shadowing uh, DeAndre Hopkins when he does get back. So uh, the quarterback's going to throw the wide receivers uh, the ball, who he's guarding, and I think that's going to be a big reason why. And then he's going to earn his money. I think he's a very good player, and he's he's going to be the cornerback that they could have sorely used last year. So I think I'm just banking on the easy answer here, going with the high, um, the free agent, the prize free agent pick in Charvarius Ward. There, well, there you have it. Charvarius Ward going to lead the league in picks. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. Okay. Um, Trey Lance, we have to get some quarterback predictions here. So, assuming that he's not going to get benched, let's – I guess we've kind of done this before, but we've talked about his touchdowns. We've talked about his interceptions. What does their ceiling look like with Lance? And – realistically speaking, like we know there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be bumps in in the road at the end of the season. What would this, their record be, whatever it is, they won a playoff game. They won the Super Bowl. What has to happen for you to look back and say, Troy Lance is a guy like uh, they, we know that the 49ers got the right guy. We've talked about touchdown interceptions with Trey Lance, and I think the interceptions don't bother me as much, and I feel like they don't bother you as much either, right? The turnovers, whatever, like you're letting it rip, it's okay. And I don't think they bother Kyle Shanahan as much either because as a young quarterback, you got to figure out like what throws you can or can't make, and that just comes with making those throws and making the mistakes and learning from them and not hopefully not making the same mistake over and over again. And so I don't care as much about the interception number as long as that touchdown number is equally high. And so I think total touchdowns, passing and rushing, I think that 30 number is kind of where I'm looking. If I had to set the over-under at 30 and he ends up on the other side of that, if he's over 30, I'd say that's a pretty good season. That means, you know, I think that's higher than Jimmy Garoppolo's had in uh, the last, whatever, four or five seasons. So I would say that's a pretty good season. And then I think – I wrote about this yesterday. I think the floor for the 49ers is extremely high, given their coaching staff, given the defense, given the talent, given the superstars. Their floor is just extremely high. But I think their ceiling hinges on how quickly Trey Lance develops and just how good he is by the end of the season. And if he truly lives up to that, they're going to win this division. They're going to win some playoff games, and we'll see from there. So I think when you look back at the end of the season, if he plays all 17 games, and they're in the playoffs, I think you'll look back and be like, they made the right pick, they've got the guy, and now let's just – it's on like Donkey Kong. Let's hit the ground running into 2023. All right, and let's let's take it to um, the final season prediction before we move on. So I predicted that they're going to win the NFC West. I think they win one playoff game, and I'm not sure who they're going to go down to. Whoever I say is going to be a team that drives the listeners insane. I, I – would go on to say that I don't think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. So you don't have to worry about that. 
Um, it's going to be tough, though, whether it's the Vikings, the Saints, a team that you're used to seeing the 49ers beat. I, I, I don't know that that happens in the playoffs this year, but I don't think that means that it's not a successful season for the 49ers. So uh, what, what is your season-long prediction for this team? Absolutely. I think, I think they win the division. I think they get into the playoffs. And then they'll host a playoff game, obviously. I don't think they're going to be the one seed. I, th- I would imagine it's Green Bay. or I, I just think Green Bay is going to be good again. And so I, th- I imagine that's the team they lose to. I know Aaron Rodgers probably tired of hearing, you know, 0-4 against, in the playoffs against the 49ers, especially the way they lost last year where they clearly had the better team. They're at home. That's a situation he's been hoping for, and then they blew it the way they did. And so I think Packers are the team that they go down to. Which is okay, which is all right. I don't think, you know, anyone, you know, would expect Trey Lance to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers in his first season starting and, and win a playoff game. So that's okay. But I think you'd look back and say that's a successful season. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, again, them going to the playoffs with Lance should be viewed as a successful season because all we're hearing is they're going to take a step back. They're going to be middling. Uh, they're going to be this because there's a change at quarterback. But I – I just don't envision that uh, this season going like that at all because they have a very talented roster. And when you have a very, very talented roster with very good coaches and like, if you just go down each position group, it, it would be tough. And looking at the schedule too, it's not like they're playing murderers row um, all season long either. So let's get to the bears. And as of right now, I believe the 49ers are six and a half point favorites. The total was like 41, 42. So uh, expecting a low scoring game, which is to be expected, especially, you know, younger quarterbacks. Uh, Bears have a new head coach. What do you think Shanahan's game plan against Matt Everflus is? And last year uh, we had a little segment called Who is the Mark? I have an idea of who that is. So, again, new. I believe they have a new defensive coordinator as well, Alan Williams. Um, by the way, Bears also have special teams coordinator Richard Hightower um, employed there. So uh, if the 49ers make any plays on special teams, you know why. Okay. I think they're going to attack. Um, his name is Nicholas Morrow. And I was, I was checking them out a little bit in the preseason, and it seems like they're running – the Bears are running a lot of man coverage and putting their linebackers um, in space. That – Generally does not bode well against the Kyle Shanahan offense. So um, he does a lot of misdirection, as many of you already know. But I think um, what I saw the Bears do is when the Browns, for example, in the preseason would go empty, that would leave Morrow one-on-one against like a tight end or a running back. The tight end on the 49ers is not going to struggle to get open against Morrow. And I just think that once you miss a tackle, like it's RIP. So whether it's play action whether it's having to guard Kittle, whether it's in space one-on-one with Elijah Mitchell. And, you know, Mitchell makes you miss. So I I think it's going to be a rough one for Morrow, and I think Shanahan's going to go out of his way to put him under the microscope and in a blender, and it is not going to fare well for uh, the Bears' new linebacker. No, I think that's good. And, you know, it's hard because the Bears have a new defensive coordinator, new defensive head coach. And if you look back at that defensive head coach's history – he was the Colts defensive coordinator last year, Matt Eberflus, and Colts played the 49ers. And so naturally you'll go back and watch that game and be like, okay, what did he do? What were some things that he liked to attack? But 
it's hard to take much away from that game because they played in like an atmospheric river. It was a complete monsoon. It was that Sunday night football game where Carson Wentz won on the underthrown pass interference play over and over again. And so it's hard to take much away from that. And then you look at the Bears 49ers game and a lot of the personnel is the same, but different defensive scheme now. So it's like, okay, how much can you take away from that? And it's week one. So I just think, I, you know, I, I agree with your prediction, but it's, it's one of those where it's hard to find a, a, a mark right out of the gate. But I think on the other side of the ball, I think that offensive line is the mark. And I think that is the matchup that's going to tip this game in favor of the 49ers. I just think it is such a disparity between those two position groups, between the 49ers defensive line and the Bears offensive line, that they're going to have Justin Fields running for his life. And I think ultimately they're going to control the game and it's going to be low scoring, right? DraftKings thinks it, what'd you say? 41 and a half, 42 points. Uh, draft, so. so DraftKings thinks it's going to be like a 24, 17 type game. And I think just, you'll look back in the third quarter and it'll be like 20 to seven and the Niners just have it in under control. And it's kind of a snooze fest and they just kind of cruise to a week one victory. Yeah. I don't imagine we're going to see very much. I don't think Shanahan needs to show very much on offense for the 49ers to come out ahead. So that'll be a big reason why. And again, like on defense, they are going to be able to control the line of scrimmage. I do want to see how, you know, the young guys, Spencer Burford, Aaron Banks hold up. I want to make sure that Trey Lance isn't running for his life and he isn't forming bad habits by doing so. So those are all things to keep an eye on before we get out of here. I need a score prediction from you. Score prediction, Niners 23, Bears 13. I don't think the Bears scored two touchdowns in this game. Yeah, I think it's going to be an ugly score like that as well. That's a good one. So I'm going to go 24 to 10. And, again, I, I do imagine the 49ers will move the ball. I, they're probably going to have some hiccups in the red zone. Um, but I think once the season goes along, that's when they're, we're going to see, you know, the biggest difference at quarterback is is Trey kind of figuring out in the red zone. And then on the other side of the ball, I imagine uh, Phil's going to struggle. And who wouldn't struggle against this uh, this defense? So low scoring, uh, 49ers get out of here with a win. And we are on to week two for the home opener against Seattle. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Kyle Posey. I you can follow me on Twitter, KP underscore show. I will be at the game trying to get some content for everybody. Akash, uh, where can we find you? You can find me at Twitter at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. And that's right, Niners Nation and the Shannon Plan Podcast will have boots on the ground with Kyle Posey in Chicago. Are you excited? I think it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. I, I am looking forward to it. Again, just so first game, it's always like this, but. I feel like Kyle Shanahan cannot wait to show off his shiny new toy in Trey Lance. And it might take a while for him to do that. Like he's going to have to figure out what he can and can't do with Trey Lance as a play caller. But I think this season is going to be a lot of fun. And for as much talk as we spent the last week talking about, you know, Jimmy versus Trey, it's going to be an afterthought in three weeks, man. Absolutely agree. And before we get out of here, give me a Super Bowl prediction because it's going to be Ooh. right. Um, Super Bowl, let's go. Let's go. This is this is uh, way way out there. Um, Saints versus Bills. So it's, it's not too far out there because Bills are super popular. But I think the Saints come out of the NFC. Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis. I know you're a Florida State fan, but damn. <laughs> yeah. I will go. <laughs> that's right. I will go the Chiefs over the Packers. I think the Bills are just too much of a popular pick 
that I think eventually that's going to catch up with them. So I'll go, I'll go with the Chiefs who come back in the AFC and I think they beat the Packers in the Super Bowl. Love it. Looking forward to it. Again, thanks again, as always. Leave us five stars, rate, subscribe, review, wherever it is you get your podcast. And we will be talking to you after a victory next week.